Hello and welcome to the third episode of Beyond the Abstract, where I'm joined by Camilla Linda and Miguel Barroso, who are both based in the Karolinska University Hospital in Stockholm. Camilla is a clinical instructor at the Karolinska Institute and an education coordinator in the Department of Clinical Pharmacology. She's been working with dried blood spots as an alternative matrix for measuring therapeutic drug concentrations since 2013 and has developed liquid chromatography tandem mass spectrometry methods to assist this work. Miguel has worked as a biomedical laboratory scientist in the clinical pharmacology group for 10 years and spends much of his time working with routine samples, but also is involved in programming robots and aiding research projects in the clinic. Thank you both so much for joining me on the podcast. So firstly, could you give me a brief introduction to the paper? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. The paper is about a novel way of actually measuring hematocrit using a, a simple office equipment, really. And there are uh, probably more use cases out there than we can uh, anticipate. But uh, our use case was to basically, we want to be able to run dried buspots in a lab. And we needed a way to exclude those samples that have extreme hematocrit that are abnormal, so to speak. And in order to do that without compromising the blood spot itself, we had this idea of trying to um, analyze hematocrit using an office scanner and image analysis. So what was the primary motivation behind the research and then eventually the paper? Well, yeah, I, I think it was my colleagues Camille and Louise who had this discussion about, okay, what if hematocrit can be analyzed digitally and not really with the spectrometry or other kind of method? And um, I heard this discussion or they even asked me because I'm, I'm quite interested in computers and the media and, and so on. If it in theory could be done, could, is it possible to measure something with light basically? And after some thought, I figured that perhaps the brightness of the spots, the blood spots would be somehow correlated to the hematocrit. And in, in that case, it should be detectable through some kind of, well, a photo editing program. Think Photoshop. We tried it uh, at first, but after some Googling around, we stumbled upon uh, ImageJ, which is actually a, a software very fit for purpose, as it is made by the National Institute of Health for research purposes, basically. <laughs> so how was this project funded and how long was the research period? Yes, uh, I think I can answer that maybe. Thank you for having me here. The research was uh, conducted at our workplace, Karolinska University Hospital in Stockholm and uh, Clinical Pharmacology. So we did not apply for funding since the lab laboratory had started with a dried blood spot method that we should put in routine. We, we had the possibility to work with this project during working hours. And uh, it, it, was, it was almost necessary for us to have some kind of method to exclude uh, hematocrits that were out of the range, so to speak. We started in 2017, so it was many years ago. And we did many different experiments and compiling a lot of data. Uh, so the project has been ongoing for some years now. And it's uh, hard to estimate the actual time that we spent on it, and especially in late afternoons, I think, when we had extra time <laughs> to do it. It sounds like a lot of work over many, many years has gone into this project. So over that time, were there any standout challenges that you came up against? 
Well, to begin with, there was no proper path for us to follow at first, because this was something brand new. So just um, trying out different settings on both the scanner and in ImageJ, we realized that this can actually be done. And this is something that is even worthy of doing a proper validation of. But uh, there were many challenges in the sense that there were so many parameters that were unknown, really. Yeah, it really was a lot of unknown parameters, as you say, Miguel. We, we spent a lot of time with um, setting the performance of the scanner and also testing and choosing different calibration models. That was time-consuming because in the paper we, we present mainly one of them and uh, the other ones are in the supplementary. But um, yeah, that took a lot of time and, and it's in, impossible to include everything that we did. And then we had worked a lot with the linear range of the method and, and elaborated on that. And like drying, how, how will drying time affect the results? And uh, we compared venous and capillary blood, for example, if the hematocrit differed within those two and how the method compared to other methods, for example. Yeah, I think that was the biggest challenges. Or do you think of something more, Miguel? Well, well, as you mentioned, it was a lot of lot of things we just had to test out and see where it leads, but not everything uh, got into the paper, no. Mm. That, would, that would have been too much. <laughs> that seems to be the way with research. You end up doing so much more than can be included in the final publication. So how is this work currently being applied and, and how might it be, be applied in future? The method is uh, put into routine use for dried blood spot samples for anti-epileptic drugs and therapeutic drug monitoring that we receive at our workplace. This method is to allow us to exclude samples for of extreme hematocrit, which can give rise to bias. So now we are just setting this up, or it is running, but we also have to make it easy for people to handle the, the people who work in the sample reception where the samples arrive they have to do this in a simple way and we we try to teach them how to do it and it's quite simple actually <laughs> and we think that maybe going forward we hope that this will be emulated at another lab somewhere in the world maybe because in our lab we use this before using liquid chromatography tandem mass spectrometry methods for quantifying drugs However, it might be different use cases for this that others may see that we do not know of at this moment. And that, yeah, that's really exciting. And I think you met someone, Miguel, that uh, hinted that they could use it in another way. So, so that, that might be something that will come up. Yes, exactly. So a couple of years back, uh, we presented some preliminary studies from this research in, in the, at the conference in Brazil. There was this man, and he said that maybe this can be used to uh, discover anemic patients in like rural settings without any expensive equipment. And I was like taken aback that, uh, yeah, that, that is a possibility, yes, but we, I've never, it never crossed my mind. <laughs> Gosh, that's so exciting that there might actually be 
far more uses than you originally thought. Do you think you could summarise the key outcomes of the research and what this means within the wider context of the field? Well, so one of the key outcomes was that there is, in fact, a correlation of the brightness of the spots with the hematocrit, yeah, which is a very nice discovery. Uh, though, admittedly, the, the linear range where you can actually measure is uh, limited, but at least it works within normal ranges if you go by the patient population for hematocrit. So it was enough for our use case. We know that many groups have developed methods to determine hematocrit, but many times those methods are well either costly or sometimes consume a dried blood spot in the process of determining the hematocrit, or even both. But what we were able to show was that it can be done with a simple office scanner that someone may already have available and using free and open source software to, to do the analysis. So one key aspect could actually be that you don't need a special technical training or expertise in order to just scan the DBS cards and, and do the estimation of hematocrit. And uh, even taking a step further, I see some potential for automation as well, because the software can, well, MSJ can be scripted. And maybe AI is on everyone's lips nowadays, so... Even that comes to mind as well, that maybe some machine learning can go into this. I don't know. But basically, the spots could be scanned and software does the estimation of the hematocrit automatically and even determine some other parameter that we don't know of yet. And one last question for you both. Why should someone go and read your paper? Yeah, so this is the elevator pitch, right? If, if I go first, if you're in need of a simple cost-effective solution to estimate hematocrit, Anyone can set it up, and this is especially interesting for developing countries where access to healthcare can be limited. DBS has been around since the 1960s, but our paper shows that we currently are not using DBS's true potential. And in the paper, we also show that image analysis can be of use for the laboratory in an unexpected way. Yeah, I think I have nothing to add. This is also what I, I think so. Great. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you both. Yeah, thank you. It was really nice to be on the podcast with you. Yeah, I feel the same. It's, it's a first and it's a nice experience for both of us.